Hi, everybody, and welcome to Martin Van Dyke Undercovers, produced in partnership with the Ann Arbor District Library. At a time when daily newspapers across the country are failing, the Michigan Daily continues to thrive. Completely operated by students at the University of Michigan, the paper was founded in 1890 and covers national and international news topics ranging from politics to sports to entertainment. The Daily has been a vital part of the college experience for countless U of M students, none more so than those who staff the paper as editors, writers, and photographers over the years. Many of these Daily alumni are now award-winning journalists who work for the premier news outlets in the world. The new book, In the Name of Editorial Freedom, titled after the paper's long-standing masthead, compiles original essays by some of the best-known Daily alumni about their time on staff. The essays of this book offer a glimpse, as activist Tom Hayden writes, at the Daily's impressive role covering historic events and how those stories molded the lives of the students who reported them. Recently, I had a chance to talk to the editor of In the Name of Editorial Freedom, Stephanie Steinberg. Stephanie was a Michigan Daily reporter and news editor from 2008 through 2010 and editor-in-chief in 2011. She is currently an editor at U.S. News and World Report. We began our conversation talking about the election of Barack Obama, one of the biggest stories that Stephanie covered while she was at the Michigan Daily. I was a freshman that fall, um, and once it was announced that he won, there were thousands of students that gathered on the Diag and sort of paraded around the streets of Ann Arbor afterward. And it was just really exciting to be a part of that coverage and, um, you know, sort of covering how, how all the students felt about the first black president being elected and also just, you know, witnessing it firsthand. What was the typical evening like working at the Michigan Daily? Give give me a little bit of a chronology. When when would you show up? How late was the deadline? Where's the paper published? What's what's the the circulation? What's the uh, atmosphere like? I mean, how how many people were were you working with uh, to to get this paper out uh, during the week? So uh, I was editor-in-chief in 2011, and at that time there were about 150 students on staff. Uh, now it's actually grown to about 250 students, which is incredible. But um, a typical day, you know, um, the reporter might a reporter might be working on a story throughout the morning and afternoon, and then come in toward the evening to sit down with an editor to get it edited. Um, so that might be around 4 p.m., 5 p.m., and then the story would work its way through the editing process and go through the copy desk to get back checks and um, spell checks and then work its way back to the news desk. And uh, it's a long process, but eventually it gets to the editor-in-chief's desk if it's a news story. And um, we would be editing up until, you know, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. Our deadline was technically 2.30 a.m., but uh, we didn't always make that deadline. So, um, you know, I would send the pages around 2.30, 3 a.m. sometimes, and uh, then the process just starts again the next day. So this is a daily paper we're talking about, um, you know, so we would do this Sunday through Thursday evening, and then, of course, 
there's online coverage, so the daily never really stops. We're always, you know, breaking news and making sure we're out there covering covering the stories as they're happening. Give us give us a bit of a history of the Michigan Daily, your book in the name of editorial freedom, uh, 125 years at the Michigan Daily. How, how did this get started? And and uh, bring bring us up to date with some of the the biggest again, stories through the history of the Michigan Daily. It's it's really impressive, the achievements of, of this university newspaper. The Daily started in 1890, and at that time, uh, there was no student newspaper on campus. There were two journals that were actually run by fraternities, and um, they were more weekly publications, and they didn't cover university news. So uh, a couple of the frat brothers decided, you know, we need to fill this void on campus, and they broke away and decided to just start the Daily. That was actually not called the Michigan Daily at the time. It was called the U of M Daily. And um, it worked. I mean, they put out this campus newspaper, and um, over time it's grown to be what it is today. But um, there's been about 6,000 journalists who have worked for the paper over the past 125 years, and uh, the paper has turned out about eight Pulitzer Prize winners, which has been really impressive. I mean, you have journalists uh, from the Washington Post, U.J. Robinson won a Pulitzer, um, recently Stephen Henderson, the editorial page editor at the Free Press, also won a Pulitzer, and then you also have um, people like Arthur Miller, who actually wrote for the Daily in the 1930s, and he didn't go on to pursue journalism, of course, but he won a Pulitzer for his uh, for his work. So um, the Daily is really an impressive institution, though, also because there is no journalism school at the University of Michigan. So um, most of the students who come to the Daily are really learning how to do journalism from their peers. You know, they're learning from each other how to write a news story or how to go out there and uh, interview someone. And so it's all self-taught, um, and, you know, it, it works. I mean, you have some of the finest journalists now in the country working at the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, USA Today, Washington Post, you know, you name it, and um, most of them started their careers at the Daily. Pretty incredible. What's the circulation of the paper? Uh, today it's about 10,000. During my time in 2011, it was about 16,000. But um, keep in mind, there's a growing audience online, too, at michigandaily.com. I believe that there's about 750,000 page views a month. Wow. And there's readers from, you know, 180-some countries reading the paper online. So, um, you know, it's, it's a new way to sort of reach Michigan alumni across the world. Mm-hmm. Now, you got this book together, edited this new book, shortly after you worked on another big book uh, about Michigan football, which must have been incredibly time-consuming. What made you (laughs) decide to take on another project so quickly? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe I'm just crazy or in love with the daily. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I edited this book, uh, Coffee Table Book, about Michigan football, uh, the last two years during my time at The Daily. And that book is a collection of photos and stories pulled directly from the archives. Um, and they're, they're all football stories and photos. 
So it was more of a compilation, but um, another, nonetheless a huge project. Um, and um, why I decided to pursue this next book, um, it was, I, I guess it was 2013, and I knew that the Daily's 125th anniversary was coming up in 2015, in two years. Um, and I thought, you know what, it would be really neat if we could do something to commemorate the paper and all the journalists who've worked at the paper over time. Um, and so I started thinking, what could we do? And, um, you know, I know a lot of the journalists in the book, and I know a lot of them have incredible stories to tell. So I thought, you know, maybe I could ask them to share sort of behind the scenes what happened during their time at the paper and talk about, you know, some of the big historic events that they covered on campus. Um, and I reached out to about 40 of them, and and they all agreed, you know, absolutely, we'd love to share our stories. So um, that's sort of how I ended up with this book two years later. Stephanie, I want you to mention in a few minutes some of perhaps your favorite pieces, if you can, from the new book. Can I ask you to talk about a couple of my favorite pieces, starting about the famous <laughs> Paul is Dead story, the big Paul McCartney is dead hoax back in the yes. late 1960s. A, a nice piece written about this by Leslie Wayne. Tell us about Leslie's uh, essay. That is one of my favorite stories in the book as well, and it's a classic one. Um, so what happened was it was 1969, and the managing arts editor at that time couldn't come in that night. So she left a bunch of stories with Fred Labore and John Gray and told them they were on the art staff, and she told them, you know, please edit these, put them on page two for tomorrow, and we'll be all set. Well, that's not exactly what happened. Um, Friend Labore, he had heard about um, sort of conspiracy theories that Paul McCartney had actually died a few years ago in a car crash. And he was listening to a radio show program that night and was just sort of jokingly talking about these conspiracy theories. And he decided, you know what, this would be fun. Why don't I make this into a news story? So that's what he did. He um, he basically made up the story that said uh, Paul McCartney is dead. New evidence brought to light is what the headline said. Um, and he pointed to all these clues and Beatles music and album car- covers that said Paul had actually died. Um, and, and just as an example, one of the things he said was, uh, if you play I Am the Walrus backwards, you can hear the word Paul is dead repeated over and over. And, and or, I, I have to add, too, yeah, at the end of Strawberry Fields, you hear supposedly, I buried Paul, right? Yes. Yeah. If you play that, I believe at 45 RPM, um, that's exactly what the voice is saying, I buried Paul. And um, so, yeah, so uh, the story printed, and for whatever reason, um, Readers on campus and across the world actually believed this story. Um, and you have to keep in mind, too, it's 1969, so it's not like there's the Internet. But for whatever reason, the story spread like wildfire across the country, and people started talking about it. Uh, Fred was flown to Hollywood to do interviews, and people were, you know, playing their records backwards, you know, trying to listen for these clues. And uh, this went on for a few weeks until um, a Time magazine, or no, I'm sorry, a Life magazine photojournalist 
went and tracked down Paul McCartney, who was on vacation somewhere in Europe, and snapped a photo of him to prove that, no, Paul is still with us. Today, he is alive and well, and um, that's how the story got debunked. But uh, it brought some notoriety to the daily, that's for sure. Oh, I bet. Name one other uh, of your favorite essays in the new book in the name of editorial freedom. Uh, there's so many. It's hard to choose. Um, one of my personal favorites, though, is by Jay Cassidy. He today is a Hollywood film editor, and he's worked on um, Silver Linings Playbook, American Hustle. Uh, he edited the new movie coming out, Joy, with Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley mm. Cooper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was a photographer at the Daily in the 1960s. And um, I contacted him to see if he would be willing to share a story in the book. And he said, sure, no problem. Um, I have a bunch of photos, too, that I'll send them to you. And I thought, okay, great. Um, He didn't actually tell me what he was planning to write about. So um, I was sort of guessing until one day, you know, an email from him landed in my inbox with the story and a bunch of photos. And I opened them up. And lo and behold, there are photos of Robert Kennedy campaigning in Detroit three weeks before he was assassinated. And these photos had never been printed in the Daily before. Um, And and nowhere else for that matter, too, when I reached out to the Bentley Library where some of them are housed to find out, you know, has anyone used these before? And they said no. So um, Jay wrote about that experience covering Kennedy in Detroit, but also just the era and um, the civil rights movement and anti-war protests going on and um, it's a really interesting look at that time period. So bring us up to date, Stephanie. Where are you working these days? And how important was the, the Michigan Daily, your work, work there and your time at the Michigan Daily, to your current career in journalism? Today I'm at U.S. News and World Report in Washington, D.C. Um, I edit the health and money section. And I will say uh, the Daily was invaluable to uh, preparing me for this career. Um, I, I will say, like, as editor-in-chief, that prepared me um, much much better than any class could have at the University of Michigan. I mean, when you were, you know, in the newsroom almost 24-7, I, I should say it was probably more like 80 hours a week, but, um, you know, I, I basically slept at the newsroom sometimes. Um, and you encounter real-life problems. Um, you know, doing journalism that you you also encounter uh, working at national publications like U.S. News. So um, it it really did help prepare me for anything that I decide to do in journalism today. But um, more than anything, I think it just you know inspired me to pursue uh, pursue the craft. And um, you know, it's it's really about the people that you work with too. The editors I worked with at The Daily were some of the most amazing people I've ever worked with and perhaps ever will work with. And um, Michael Rosenberg, who's now at Sports Illustrated, wrote in his piece a quote that actually really resonated with me. Um, And I'll, I'll share it here. He said, I'm sure I did not have to spend as much time at The Daily as I did, but I learned one of the most valuable lessons in life, and it's not a journalism lesson. If you love what you do, it won't feel like work, and you will never feel overworked. It helps if you love the people who do it alongside you. Yeah, and that gets to the heart of what The Daily is about. It's 
you know, you're working with 150 students your age, all trying to fill the pages every single night and there's deadlines to meet and it's stressful and things go wrong, but you're all in it together. And, you know, there's nothing that really it can inspire you more than just accomplishing a huge goal like that. Thanks for listening to Martin Bandike Undercovers in our interview with Stephanie Steinberg, the editor of the new book, In the Name of Editorial Freedom, 125 Years at the Michigan Daily. It's published right here in Ann Arbor by the University of Michigan Press. This has been a presentation of the Ann Arbor District Library.